Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kant, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you happen to be a sensitive soul, I would really love for you to get my Light Warrior Empowerment Kit. You can get that at lightwarriorsupport.com. And included in that is some classes as well as my very popular clearing and protection spray formula. Now today I have Dr. Whitney Young, super baby and super mom mentor and the creator of the Supermom Method as my guest. I'm super excited. I met Dr. Whitney at an event, uh, the Wellness Leadership Revolution, and I've since become a big fan of the Wellness Leadership Academy, and her and I are both in the program, uh, creating our various different you know, programs, and uh, I've been watching and listening to what Dr. Whitney has been doing over you know, the last year and a half, two years, and it is really amazing, so I'm super excited to have her on the show. Now, what I didn't know, actually, <laughs> uh, before... Uh, the show was, you know, when we were arranging the show, is that um, I didn't realize that she became a young widow when she was a mother of two young children having to raise them on her own. I know she recently got married, so it was like, woohoo, but I actually didn't know mm-hmm. that. So um, what we're going to talk about today is like, you know, how to how to go through something so life-changing like that and not only just survive, but, but to really thrive. Um so she's got some free gifts for us as well. So, uh, you know, please stick out, to stick, you know, stick through the show because we are going to be announcing some of those free gifts uh, in the near future. And uh, we're going to be talking about Dr. Whitney's journey from grief to grace and the three steps to survival. When you know, when people go through these hardships, loss, uh, there's a lot of people right now going through loss. Not just women. But um, many people on Facebook, uh, sudden deaths, uh, things happening, illness, all sorts of stuff. It seems to be nonstop. So I think people really need to, to have some strategies on how they can really grow from that and how they can really do well despite whatever's happening. So today we're going to talk about how to choose the essential lifeboats that you need to float, how to assemble the right rescue team members you need, how to ask for help and get the right kind of help and not only survive, but really what we talked about earlier, really thrive no matter what happens to you. So without further ado, welcome Dr. Whitney Young. Hello, Whitney. Hello. Thank you. Awesome to yeah, be I'm here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, this well, is fun. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, well, you know, tell me or tell us uh, a bit about your your journey. Like uh, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really know about the whole being widowed young. So maybe you could kind of run us through what what's happened in your life and and where did you, what happened to get you to this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started. I guess I started. You know, I started my practice ten, eleven years ago, and I wasn't. We weren't married at that time, but Steve and I were, we were dating and then um, we moved up to this area in Canada called Barrie together and got a little cute house by the lake. Um, so mm. just everything looked good. We were, we were building our life and really excited about our, our humble beginnings um, as, I, as I got my practice started, get to know people in the community. Um, we got married a couple years later. And then, and then, you know, babies came along. So that's, that's always fun. And that was one of my dreams was to become a mom. Um, And then, Mm. you know, I've always been interested in pediatrics and working with kids. I worked at a camp for many summers, just this part of my soul is is being with the kid community. Um, 
so, you know, things were tough. Like our second daughter was born and it was hard adjusting to the second kid. Um, and then what happened was three months after our second daughter was born, Steve died suddenly of a heart attack out of the blue. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, out of the blue um, and his, I mean, it, it turns out that I knew his dad had had a heart attack at age 61 and, you know, I've been mm. giving Steve lots of vegetables and trying to, you know, get him <laughs> yeah. so, like, I'm like, you're going to leave to your 80 because, like, we're doing a pretty good job here. Right, and 61 <laughs> isn't even, like, considered early heart attacks either. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was not as crazy. Um, and... So, and Steve looked good. Like, he looked like he was in shape. Um, But Mm. what it turned out, like, significant coronary artery disease inside his body that we couldn't see. And he had bad family history on both sides of his family. So, I mean, that's how I kind of, like, grappled with it. The first few months was, like, shock, um, foggy, numbness, I took I took a month off of work. Like, there's no, you know, like, appropriate time. Like, you know, I had a, one friend, she took two weeks off. I had another, you know, I have other friends who are still off. You know, years later, they're at home with the kids instead of working. So I guess that's part of the grief journey is there's no one way to grieve. Um, so I took a month off. And then my business partner, Carrie, you know, her at the, at the time, she kind of decided, like, okay. Whitney, it's time to get back to work. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, no problem. I I can work. Uh, But it was hard. It was a fog. And and really those first six months were getting my feet back under me and the consistency. So that's kind of the first piece is really just getting consistent. Those lifeboats that we can talk about is what do I need to survive this? Like, awful thing and be there for my kids you know mm-hmm. 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 so just had to uh, keep going from there so the first you know the first stage was when I look back now what I really did was I took I got up for my kids like I got up out of bed I did what I had to do I got to work everything was pared down and very little I could only handle so much I could only handle so many hours at work not very many I could only handle so many friends like I have a very big social network but at the beginning I could only emotionally energetically handle so much when my life had crashed right mm, that, that makes sense, sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just exactly so that you know that first bit is is that kind of consistency of like, what are those lifeboats? So I was doing counseling every week for months and then I spaced it out. So at least, you know, when life was crap and really feeling bad, I, you know, I knew, okay, well, on Tuesday I get to talk to my counselor. So I created those little lifeboats in my life so that I had, then I, it's like I just had to get to the next one, whatever that was. Um, so what else? Yeah. I used, um, yeah, with my, my daughter, I was she was three months. We went to mom and baby workout classes. And there, I could pretend, like, 
no one knew my story and I could just pretend for, for an hour. Right. Like, but, right? I can imagine, uh, you know, like that in that sort of anonymity that you were just like mm-hmm. so-called every other mom mm-hmm. right, and, mm-hmm. and baby, right? So you could kind of mm-hmm. enjoy that space and not have to like tell your story, you know, and yes. go through <laughs> all of those emotions with all these strangers and, and they were just treating you like quote-unquote normal. Um, right. That's actually pretty pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I did it on purpose. Just like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, because all of my friends were grieving Steve too. Like, so right. there's a heaviness and everyone is sad and like just so it's nice to have those kind of like mini escapes of there yeah another little lifeboat okay Monday Wednesday Friday morning gonna go for my workout no one needs to know just me and my little baby okay (laughs) yeah so that was you know that was that was the beginning the finding out what are those little things I need to do to survive and when part of your life shatters like that you also I also wanted to find people who are like me so we went like what do you think of when you hear the word widow gosh first of all I I see an older woman in my mind (laughs) like I, I don't think about a young person with little kids and you think, well, she's right. lived a big, long life. They've been together for however long. You know, they've got grown children who can support her. But that's not true in your case. Right. 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 So, and that's what I thought, too, right? Like, this can't be my life. Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. That's, that's just, and, and obviously, and I miss Steve, like my partner, and how we did everything together. But what I what I needed was to find people who were like me and that was really difficult. So that was a, that was a challenge um, because I was, you know, the only young widow I knew. Um, and mm-hmm. as I, as I started to reach out and, and look, you know, online. So there was the online groups that, but then I would read through their posts and like, ah, oh, they're saying the things that I'm feeling. Like it just, you know, belonging we all want that sense of belonging and someone to like get us um right that was really helpful Mm -hmm. to find those other people who were in a similar situation so I, i did find other others like me who then became my part of my team my rescue team oh okay got it so um so, so we were talking about earlier about you know how people choose their what you call essential lifeboats and then now assemble the right rescue team. So can you now that you've come through on the other side and been you know now thriving and that kind of thing, how how does one do that? Like when you're in the throngs of that whole you know situation, that whole stress. The first, I mean, the first piece is to accept help. I think that's really hard for a lot of people in our day and age in society. Like we really thrive on our independence and our ability to do stuff on our own. Like I got this, like, you know, I'm a strong woman. I can, I can pump my own gas. I can take my own trash out. I can, you know, do all those things. Mm. 
So when people start to offer help, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who kind of put up those walls and be like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. So that was a lot right. of unlearning I had to do at the beginning was to first accept help when someone offered. Like, yes, thank you. That would be helpful. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, the most That's harder than most people think. Yes, yes. Because you you wanna you wanna appear strong and self sufficient and like nope I'm fine I can mm-hmm. cook and clean and do all the things I need to do and take care of the family and be superwoman I mean that is part of my my super moms and super babies but also breaking down what does that actually mean a part of it is asking for help and getting the right sidekick <laughs> yeah getting the right sidekick I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first stage is accept. Got it. Yeah, first accept help. Um, so then, you know, in my well, in my situation, my we moved in with my parents for a couple couple months, um, and then we moved around the corner. So, I mean, they say, you know, don't do anything drastic in the first year. Like, well, you know, what I needed to do was move closer to my parents. So me and the kids moved closer, and my mom cooked us dinner every night probably for eight months maybe like my brain could not put a grocery Mm -hmm. list together like it just nope so accepting help from mom for that and then there was you know there was things like so the next step is really identifying who is offered to help and what kinds of help are they good at because not everyone is you know, I have a really good friend, Brendan. He's he's great. I mean, he's great with the kids, but he's the handyman, like, tur guy. I'm not going to ask him to babysit my kids, but I did ask God gotcha. to take my car in for an oil change. Mm. That just, you know? Yeah. Like you do, so, <laughs> yeah. So identifying who in your team, you know, who in your small immediate circle has offered to help and then ask them for appropriate help. So he was, mm. he was more than happy to take both of our cars. You know, Steve had already made the appointments for the oil changes or whatever. So it was on the calendar. I'm like, Oh, right. Just another thing. <laughs> I know but, that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 So asking for those kind of help. Um, you know, another instance was like, I was at home with the kids and my smoke alarm the battery was dead, so it kept beeping constantly. <laughs> but I couldn't, yep. I couldn't get enough energy to get the kids into their car seats, you know, drive to the hardware store, get them out, get totally one get that. battery, right? So yeah, exactly. Good, <laughs> yeah, like I could ask my parents again, but they've been doing so much for me that I like let's spread out this like help I have other people so I have another good friend named Gee. Gee and Aaron live around the corner they help out with the kids but I called him up and said hey I just need a battery that's all I need and he's like no problem I'll be over in 15 minutes mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. the small things that that's beautiful right when it's your turn and you're going through crap your friends and family want to be there for you, so let them. And just, right, just let them. So 
so there's the there's the circles of of influence as well, or the circles of who can take care of you. So I, you know, there's I have a lot of co- colleagues and contacts and you know friends, but in that those first few months, I could only handle a small circle of them. So like if you draw yourself in the middle and you draw circles of like who are your tightest closest family friends, and then you know another bigger circle over there is who's next on that list. And then out from there. Mm. So I love the analogy of like the outer circle supports the next circle who supports the next circle. So mm. depending on those, you know, who are those people in your middle circle? And then so your close friends and family and then professionals. So who do you need on your rescue team to help with what's going on? So for me, it was, it was counseling, um, and it was, I mean, I got massage, I got massages too. Or, and then I, I hired a lawn guy because I needed, I, I had two small kids. I couldn't go cut the lawn, like with both of them strapped on my front and back. Like just not. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I know with little earmuffs on them so they don't get their ear, their hearing. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so yeah, hired a professional lawn person, like. Is it's assembling your team of like, who do you need to help you? Because you can't do it all. Um, yeah, that community. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. your analogy of the, the you know, kind of like the inner circle and then the, the circles that go out, you know, like your next layer of team members. Yeah. Um, because I, like you said, you have a, had a lot of, not that everybody has that, but you had almost too many potential people helping and it could be overwhelming mm-hmm. just trying to be mm-hmm. like, okay, who did I ask to do what? Right. So then you kind of picked your closest ones and you said to, you know, figure out, uh, what their strengths are. Yeah. And, uh, instead of, you know, asking one person to babysit when it's not appropriate for that person because that's not their strength or their magic. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. And and I think the whole, you know, um, asking for help thing is that I, I believe personally that when tragedy strikes that one of the, in the big picture, one of the spiritual reasons for that is so that we can experience this type of community and support for and with each other, because sometimes there's mm-hmm. nothing more intimate than going through a tragedy, mm-hmm. you know, and then we get that yeah. choice of, of connecting or not, right? Like some people will not even, yeah. you know, we'll just try to shut everything out. We'll create a heart wall. We'll, you know, just be in survival mode for forever or whatever and not really be able to connect on that deep level. But think about like when, people can contribute to you, whether it be a battery, like for them, it's like, no big deal, you know, great. I get the support. (laughs) I get the help. This is awesome. Right. And so if we take that away from someone else, it's like stealing their gift, their ability to give and feel good about themselves for giving. Whereas we're so overwhelmed, like why take that on? Right. Right. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I had, I'm like the, you know, post-child codependency in the past. So, I totally was not really good at that kind of stuff because I'm always trying to think of the other person. Like, I don't want to inconvenience them. You know, I should be able to do it myself. It's just a freaking battery, Karen. Like, come on, you know. And But then I I didn't realize that I was stealing their ability to feel good about themselves. That's that's, a great way of looking at it, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
there was an, yeah. an interesting study about um, the, the men they the men from Harvard. So I mean, it's a man study, but the men from Harvard that they studied from from when they were students to up well into their their seventies, eighties, nineties. When they found one of the you know a good predictor of longevity and health health of the men was when tragedy struck the ones that surrounded themselves or you know that they, they strengthened their community they didn't isolate themselves they had higher longevity that mm. they did they wow. did better because yeah because they you know and, and I know that can be hard for men too to reach out and ask for help or just connect with other people often I mean I'm being bought you know I'm being what is that I might be saying the wrong thing, but often it's the woman in the relationship. If we're talking about a heterosexual relationship, that um, that is the connector to the community. Right. That so tends to be a feminine the, strength. Yes. Yes. But the the men who so we recognize. reached out, yeah, did did better than the men who didn't. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that research for sure. Uh, that is really uh, that's really interesting. I didn't realize they did a men's study on that. Interesting. Wow. So, can you go back a little bit about the essential lifeboats you're talking about? Because you mentioned about like having it sounds like like a routine, like it's yeah. simple touchstones of things that you would do to keep you from being completely overwhelmed. So maybe can, can you go over like what you mean by essential lifeboats? Sure, sure. So kind of the the three steps of the the survival method is like the first one is the consistency. So consistency of those lifeboats. And those can be different for any person. So when I have a mom sitting in front of me and she is totally overwhelmed, exhausted, frustrated with you know, life in general. We, we brainstorm together. We say, okay, what are three consistent things that either help your health, like your mental health, or bring you a bit of joy, or bring you back to feeling like you again? So instead of overwhelming yourself with all the lifeboats, so it's, you know, like self-care. So people talk about self-care all the time, but if you kind of say, well, what are your lifeboats, or what are those, just pick three, like three things I can consistently do that will help me feel a little bit better. For some, you know, for some moms, it's going to bed earlier. Okay, you know what? Everything would be a bit better if I went to bed every day at 10 o'clock. Like, okay, well, let's just focus on that lifeboat because that's going to make all these other things better. Because you and I, we could, right? So picking those ones that are unique to the people. So you and I, we could probably brainstorm like 50 different self-care things that could help, right? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I probably wouldn't pick the sleeping early because I'm not really good at that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. So, yeah, it, it has to be. But, you know, for me, it might be skating, you know, just, just go to skating, whether I feel like it or not, just go. Because I know that yep. when I do it, 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 I have a sense of freedom and connection with the divine. So, yeah. And it doesn't yep. have to be complicated, it sounds like. It just can be just consistency. I, I really love that word, consistency, because I have noticed mm-hmm. that that is 
really key to shifting, you know, uh, our lives is that mm-hmm. consistent positive action and doesn't have to be a big action. So, yeah, mm-hmm. totally agree with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if, if you just have one thing, if you do something just once, we're not going to see as big of an impact and it's not going to consistently help you dig out of the hole or get through that tough time as consistently doing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, and so what are the other two steps? So the consistency and then community. So that's the community. That's the getting your rescue team. Who do you need in your, on your team and your close friends or family professionals. So building that community and, you know, maybe it is a, a support group or a church or a, you know, whatever speaks to you. So the consistency community, and then through that comes the creativity. Ooh. And the creativity is then, you know, once you've got your feet back up under you, then what are we going to do next? So that, that when I, when I lost Steve, so the first year was really about getting my feet back under me, getting this, right. this foggy cloud out of my head. Um, and then when I, when I hit about the year mark after he died, then it was about, okay, well, what next? Because before that, I couldn't think further than like two weeks away. Like, that was too scary, too overwhelming. Like, because I already knew what my life was supposed to look like. Like, we are, we are married. We're going to have kids. They're going to grow up. We're going to be happy. You know, I had my life plan. But after he died, that uh, is like, you know, the analogy of your map. Your map was, someone took my map, shook it up, threw it on the floor, and the pieces were everywhere. So in that fog, I couldn't, I couldn't think two weeks ahead. Like, that was too scary and too overwhelming. So once I got through that and into the next year, it was, all right, well, now what? Right? What if mm-hmm. I got these kids? <laughs> I got I got my job, but what do I really want? And that's where the creativity piece came in of like, oh, you know, I mean when you lose someone, say, well, Steve died when he was 44. If I only get 44 years, what do I want my life to look like for the next few? Right. Right. So it really it really kind of hit home and gave me perspective. I'm like, okay, well, what do I, I want to be happy. I definitely know that. <laughs> How do I get there? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's, yeah. you know, that's how I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that makes, uh, you know, makes total sense. And that creativity piece is, it's funny because it's, you know, there's a lot of parallels for, you know, what I do in, in teaching people the Tobacan healing method is uh, creativity is, is a big piece of it, and that's in our more advanced training. So I thought, wow, that's really neat that you're saying these words because consistency is mm-hmm. like one of those words too, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and community is super mm-hmm. important. So I love the synergy. I love the parallels here, uh, cool. you know, of, of just we do two different things, but it's just like in alignment uh, with just what wants to happen, you know, in our growth and our um, you know, in our evolution, you know, as people. Right. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Now, I, I, I mentioned before that you have a couple of gifts. I did want to share with people 
Um, you know, you have a, um, I believe it's a free Facebook, closed Facebook group called Guiltless Grace that people can join mm-hmm. to get free support. Um, mm-hmm. So can you please tell us about that first? Sure. So that, yeah, it's on Facebook, and it's our Facebook group called Guiltless Grace. So how to raise healthy, happy, hearty kids without the mommy guilt. So many of us suffer suffer from that, um, just thinking that we are doing everything wrong and we're messing our kids up. And so, in that group, I, sh- you know, we talk about a lot of a lot of like basic stuff about nutrition and how to feed our kids and and a little bit of how to discipline. But a lot of it is also the mental aspect of like mommy mental health of how do you want to show up every day and how do you want to parent and and how do you want how do you want your kids to remember you when you when they're adults, you know, when they look back at their childhood? So a lot of it is around supporting moms in their and just the day to day grind. It's it's hard work. So yeah, it's a nice it's a nice community of moms where we support each other there and share tips and things. Oh, very cool. And I, but I'm just looking at it right now and uh, really admiring that uh, cover photo. Uh, is that you mm. and your two children? Mhm. Yeah. Aw, I love it. They've, so they've, I'm only seeing the half, bottom half bit. of you here. I should click in the picture. <laughs> but yeah, they've grown a little since then, and uh, yeah. So the Supermom method: be the mom of their dreams and the woman of yours. I got to tell you, I absolutely love that tagline. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so amazing. <laughs> it's like so resonant. Like wow, we we definitely need more moms to have this kind of support for them, um, especially when, when, not just when they're going, you know, through, you know, tragedy and things like that, but just, you know, how do you raise children where you're not constantly feeling like you're not enough, which I would totally, yeah. like, I, I, I raise a dog and I feel that way, so, <laughs> <laughs> right, like, I, you right. know, I, I cried even at a session, like, I don't think, I, you, know, I'm, I, you know, I'm traveling so much, it's so hard on the, on the right. baby puppy you know oh my gosh I can't even imagine with like real human children what it's like oh my yeah yeah Um, no now you also have for us the supermom survival guide and I'm just being uh alerted here that the link we sent out is not working so um Hmm. going back to the link that I have and it's not working. <laughs> it's the link that sure. I'm cutting and pasting from the document. Um, so it might be a temporary thing, just so you know, folks that are live on the call, that um, over the last two days we've been, not we as in we in the Sunset of Souls, have been going through a lot of um, Internet glitches lately. So there was something that wanted to heal that I thought I worked on. <laughs> but for some reason it's not mm-hmm. working. But uh, we will, you know, if you're on the mailing list at KarenCan.com, we will go ahead and send that out again, that link. So, and I'll just, just double check that with you, Whitney, after the show. So we can then, sure. you know, post it. Or, or, or you know, I don't know if you're on, online, you could also messenger me and, and I can post it right away in the in the chat as well um, for folks that are on the chat. Uh, and speaking of folks on the chat, um, if you have a question for Dr. Whitney, you can write it in the chat on the live show 
or you can call in to ask your question, 818-514-1190, hit 1. So 818-514-1190, hit 1 to get some expert mentoring. So even if you haven't been widowed, even if you don't have little kids, uh, but if you've gone through tragedy and you would like some support around that, this is a opportune time to get some, you know, mini coaching from Dr. Whitney. So put your hand up by dialing the 818-514-1190 and just hit the 1 on your keypad so we know that your hand is up if you want some uh, expert live coaching. Yeah. So um, what else did you want to share with us today, Dr. Whitney? Hmm. Um, what did I want to share? That was the – so then it – what else did I want to share about just kind of moving forward and redesigning your life? I think all of us are in the process of redesigning our lives often. It's like, okay, I want more. What, uh, what do I need? So, I mean, I've been working on myself a lot over the last few years because of figuring out what I want to do and how I want to help people and where I want my practice to go. Um, so looking for those advisors or those guides or those people who can listen to you um, and then take you where you want to go, do some of that soul searching. I'm sure you have a lot of that in your, you know, in your group, mm-hmm. people who are really just tuning into themselves to figure out what do I want? Um, so it takes time. I think, I think a lot of us want, it to come faster, but it takes time to uncover where you want to go and what's what's next. Um, yeah, so, so one of the questions that comes up, I'm sure even people listening to the archive of the show is like, so Dr. Whitney, how exactly how long did it take you? I know what you you know it's it's not the same for everyone, but how long did it take you before you felt like you weren't just barely surviving or overwhelmed, but actually feeling like, okay, I'm living now. I'm living. I'm starting to thrive. Like how long was that to get to that process? For, well, you're right in that like every, everyone's different in the, in the timeline that they grieve is different. And so I would say that I was in a fog at least eight months, nine months, and probably depressed. Too. Yeah, didn't care. <laughs> like, I did what I had to do. <laughs> after, after, so after a year, um, I went to this thing called Camp Widow. And Camp mm-hmm. Widow is this amazing event. It's run by Soaring Spirits International. And it's for widowed people. So anyone who identifies with losing their person. You don't have to. You don't have to have been married, or um, so having lost your person. And camp. So camp. I was so excited. My my mom heard about camp, the camp widow through. She was helping me with the estate stuff, so she heard about it through our insurance person, their secretary. Like camp. I love camp. Like I went. I went to camp. I went to camp as a kid. Like I I worked at a camp through my teenage years. So I heard about this camp widow, and there it was coming up in Toronto. So Toronto in September, a year okay. after she died. So I went to this camp, and this is where I met people just like me. <laughs> uh, so this is how I kind of found my tribe, and then found uh, 
got myself back out of my hole. Um, I found mm. the average age of the camper is 35. Really? Where, because, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Because, right, because a lot of the camps, you know, a lot of the older widowed people know other widowed people already. So if you're in your 70s oh. and you're a widowed, right, you already have, you know, you some of your friends have been widowed too. So you have a community and you don't need, it, it seems that women at, in that stage of life don't search out for people. They don't have to look too hard, essentially. Um, so camp and the Soaring Spirits is supporting those widowed people. So finally, it was one of the presenters I really gravitated towards because she, so there's, it's a conference, there's speakers and there's a dance. They don't play any slow songs, so you don't cry about that. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of the presenters, her husband died 14 years before Steve and her kids were almost the exact same age as mine when her, when she lost her husband. So really it was like, Oh, finally I could identify with someone like me. And I met, I made friends and from, from there, it really, another woman and I started our, our peer support group here in our community because I was craving people like me. So it didn't exist in my community already. So like, that's it. Then I'm starting it here so that we could, so I had, you know, added to my lifeboat, but so we met every two weeks and it was my escape. I think that really helped. It's like, okay, I was, I didn't have to be a mom. I could be me and I could be fully me because for widowed people, when you're around other people who aren't widowed, it's, they don't get it as much. Well, they don't get it. They don't truly. They care. But with the widowed people, I could just let my guard down and just say how I felt about everything. Um, right. And not have to worry so, about them freaking out or trying to rescue you or right. whatever else right. people do. Right. Yeah. Right. All in good intentions, of course. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that, it was that you know, in that second year where things started to come together more of, you know, I did my soul searching, I did some life coaching to figure out, well, do I still want to be a naturopathic doctor for one? Or do I want to like really change my life? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. What do I want to do with my life? Okay. (laughs) Wow. Well, looking at how amazingly (laughs) successful your, your, you know, clinic is now, it's just hard for me to believe in a way that that's what you were thinking then yeah yeah that goes to show you you never know what goes on behind doors and in people's heads right the persona we put out sometimes you look at some yeah exactly you see them on facebook you see them you know and they're in in their lives or whatever you think oh that's a very happy and successful person and like i said i had no idea you were widowed like i had no idea (laughs) <laughs> right, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I was like Whitney Rock. I'm like Whitney Rock. She's got this amazing team, and she's got this these amazing things happening in her clinic, and helping all these people, and she's got the super mom, super baby thing. Like I had no idea. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it makes yeah. sense. Like, because I mm-hmm. think without having gone through everything you've gone through, you probably couldn't have had all that amazing experience to create 
you know, that super mom, super baby program, like that whole mm-hmm. method. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, when I talk to moms who are burnt out, exhausted, stretched, mm-hmm. I get it. I yeah. was there and still am there some days. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, but I, yeah, I get it. So that's, you know, that's how this developed was me working on me surviving as a mom and as a business owner. And, and then how do I help, you know, how do I pay for it and how do I share it with other moms? Cause I know, I know they're all out there and I know it's, I know they are at the end of their ropes someday. Mm. So I get it. So, I mean, the kind of the neat thing through all this was, you know, in that second year after Steve died, it was, you know, I really did my soul searching and yes, clinic is what I wanted. I got a new business partner. We really started moving things in a direction. I, I really identified with my niche. And like I, I have ch- children, pregnancy. I do fertility, pregnancy, babies, children's health. I really enjoy that. So just kept focusing and then opening myself up in my love life as well. I was like, I started dating and I don't know what the appropriate, there is no appropriate, like, when do you start? But started dating within that, you know, when after, you know, in that second year and there were some nice guys, there were some duds. And that was part of my like life design too. (laughs) of like, (laughs) what do I want? Um, Who do I want? So I did, you know, I did a little meditating on that. I wrote my list and like, these are the qualities of a man. Like if he exists, okay, he exists. He is out there. <laughs> I had to believe mm-hmm. that first, right? Um, yeah. And then, and then, I, and then, you know, after some some dating here and there, it was, it was about two year mark, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I am ready for the guy. I am. I'm ready for my, you know, the the next level of my life. The guy to help me raise my kids mm. to to be my partner and so that's you know and then I met Tim I met Tim on November 2017 at Camp Widow <laughs> so oh really? he's also a widowed person yes yeah. oh <laughs> wow hmm huh. yeah okay I had no idea <laughs> yeah I feel kind of silly yeah. now no, that's okay. That's great. And then you recently got married. We got married. Yeah, we just got married this yeah. past oh, and winter. Beautiful pictures too. Thank you. Oh, amazing, Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's a whole nother life. It's a whole, you know, new next step, next journey. Very, uh, very grateful. Um, and my, my littlest, she likes to say, so she's just getting to the age where she's verbalizing, like, my daddy died. Like, we never oh, hit it from her. Okay, just, okay. Right? Like, so she right. was only three months old when he died. And just, you know, after she turned three in that year, she started saying, my daddy died. Like, yeah. Like, that's just a fact for kids. Like, so now now it's really sweet. She's like, she tell people, I have two daddies. <laughs> One daddy Aww. died, one dad, you know, and then one, you know, Aww. and then new daddy. New. <laughs> it's really sweet. That is um, sweet. 
Yeah. By the way, the the link is now working. <laughs> Yay! In the email, it's the in the for those that got the email, it's just uh, missing an H, so it wasn't copy and pasted properly. Uh, um, but the the I'm trying to put the link in the chat, and for some reason I can't get the chat to show the link. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, we'll re re email that out to everyone so you can get the free gifts if you want. So it's the. Um, uh, the Supermom Survival Guide, um, Discover How to Reclaim Your Supermom Power and Why Losing Your Mind as a Mom is a Normal Part of Parenting, Why the Mom Hustle mm -hmm. is Only Going to Make Things Worse and Never Going to Work, and the three things you can do immediately to not only gain back your sanity but regain control so you can be the best mom you can be. So, yeah, fantastic. And maybe, Dr. Whitney, you can share with folks, like, if somebody doesn't live in the Barrie or, you know, Toronto or wherever you're moving area, <laughs> How can they get support from you and your expertise? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I definitely have clients from all over the place. You can you can join the Facebook group there, Guiltless Grace. That is, you can start there. And if you'd like more more support, I do a lot of coaching, mommy mentoring, super baby, super mom mentoring, um, virtually. So over Facebook chat or or uh, FaceTime or phone. So that is definitely an option. And I have a few programs as well. So one is the super baby, the 30 day super baby. That's how to introduce solids. So go from milk to meal, milk to meals for little ones and how to introduce Ooh. penis safely and calmly. So those are some things that new moms really enjoy. You could sit at home and watch the videos in your jammies. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yes. I know who I am sending this link to right now. <laughs> sweet, sweet. A soon to be mom, soon to be mom. So perfect, yeah. perfect. Well, yeah. mom and dad. But I do, but. I do offer. <laughs> yeah. For those for moms who are anywhere, um, but they are feeling overwhelmed, struggling, um, not being the mom they want to be or the person they want to be. I do offer a super mom clarity call. It's a free call. We can hmm. chat about what's going on what's not working and come up with a strategy of how to, how to work and how to go forward from there. So that's an option as well. Okay, good. Um, I don't know. I know this isn't the topic we we're talking about today, but since you're on the phone here, I thought I'd pick your brain. <laughs> um, yeah. When we were in medical school, uh, please try not to cringe. Um, when we were in medical school, we were taught <laughs> That you know, you go from you know uh, breast milk to formula if for whatever reason you know you you don't want to breastfeed that long, and then from formula you introduce solids, and when you introduce solids, you start with the cereals because they're so called the simplest to digest. So I it was like, okay, you do rice, you do for a while, make sure they don't have any allergies, and then you can start the other types of cereals. Now. You know, then there's other training and, and looking at functional medicine, and they're like, no, 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 you don't want to introduce grains too early because they're actually kind of inflammatory and not as easy to digest with all the lectins and everything. So you should be introducing meat instead first. Um, and uh, there's a lot of, you know, young children with iron deficiencies and vitamin mm -hmm. D deficiencies. We don't even know if that's really true. Mm -hmm. So if you could just address that real quick, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, what people are being taught by their doctors and, and why your program, you know, why, why would they need your that particular program if they're a new mom? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The, it's so confusing out there right now because 
I, you know, I teach a baby food basics class locally here, and doctors are telling patients a variety of things. So it's like some of them know mm-hmm. the information, some of them don't. So it's very confusing for moms. So that's why I, I get it. Um, so I come from the lens of let's, let's introduce the foods that first the body needs, so that those iron-rich foods around six months, um, but also looking to see food sensitivities and, and how body, the body is tolerating it. As, so that's a piece of it. And then the allergy component of it. Component of it. My mm. daughter developed um, anaphylactic peanut and tree nut allergies. So that's, that's why I became kind of passionate about, well, what's the right way, you know, quote unquote, right way of doing it. Um, the pediatric society is recommending meats as one of the, one of the first foods to help replace the iron. Um, the oh, they are cereals, now. Okay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, in my classes and in my teachings on, in the program online is like, Moms are not going to choose meat as the first food. Like, that's just weird. And <laughs> um, they, want to do, they want to do something simpler, like uh, butternut squash or bananas or avocado. Right. Like, so I walk them through that. Like, yeah, we could do meat, but we'll, we'll probably do that in week two or three. So it's not the first food that you're introducing. So we talk about mm. that. Um, and you know, the old school thought of introduce rice cereals was because someone had invented iron fortified rice cereals. So they believed that this is the easiest you. way right? This is the easiest way to for mm-hmm. baby to get iron. However, it's not very bioavailable or absorbed well by baby and we see a lot of constipated babies on the iron rich rice cereals. It's not my favorite. <laughs> not um, definitely not my favorite these days either. No, no. So yeah, starting with the e- more easier digested fruits, vegetables, um, ground meats, and then introducing the allergenic foods earlier rather than later. Um, so that is one of my free gifts as well. I do have the peanut plan. I could send that over to you. So it's it's a free guide of how to introduce peanuts safely and calmly to your baby because that's a big fear of a lot of moms. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I'm going to, you know, uh, share your group with one of the, like one of the soon to be moms. Um, She is pretty young. Um, Her and her partners are in their twenties. So, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have a lot of great models as far as, you know, like support Mm. uh, in terms of like, this kind of stuff. So uh, I don't do, you know, pediatrics anymore, and I used to deliver babies and stuff like that. And, of course, my, a lot of my mm-hmm. information is totally outdated from what we were taught in medical mm-hmm. school. I know it's wrong now, but um, so I, right. it would be great to have that resource. So I'm going to invite her to your Guiltless Grace Facebook group. And maybe you could share with us, um, as far as looking at some of the other programs you're talking about, can, is there a link um, that people can find some of the other programs, or do they, do they just need to talk to you first? The, um, well, I'm working on my website, so that will have all of them. Um, actually, some oh, of the okay. programs are, if you go to Rooted in Health, so that's my clinic where I am now, but some of those programs are online there that you can purchase them easily. So Rooted in Health, so R O O T E D 
I-N-H-E-A-L-T-H dot C-A, rootedinhealth.ca. If you go to the store and the programs, I have three programs that, um, so it's a 30-day super baby program, and then I have the meals for munchkins. So that's how to get your kids to not be picky eaters. (laughs) Um, And then I have my fertility tranquility program. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I got it. Mm-hmm. She's actually right on Facebook, cool. my friend. So <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just copying, pasting, and and messaging her right now. And uh, and she doesn't live near me, so I would love to, you know, be more of a support. But they they live really far away, so I just you know physically mm-hmm. can't really be there. And um, for this young, you know, this young couple, but. Uh, that is so great that you have these programs. And and like you said, like also, too, if people are, like, a little lost, like, what to do, they know they need support, not really sure what their next step is, that overwhelm is setting in, then the perfect thing to do, it sounds like, is to, to book that free call with you, right? Like, to see, you know, where to go, like, get a little bit of coaching, mentoring, and see if there's something that, that's a good fit. Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm fantastic. Call, I help. Mhm. And the Supermom Clarity Call, that's um is that going to be on your new website or is that uh, another link? It it still is on the Rooted in Health website. If you uh if you go to book an appointment, it's under the free calls or the free section. And so I can or ah, I can okay. send Yeah. So that's it's like the there. Free, that part? Yeah, under but it's under there, the Superman. Oh, Superman. Oh, I see it. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that could be booked online, or it is if uh, if people down download the the gift, the Supermom Survival Guide. At the last page has a button that that links you directly ah. to book that free call. So go, you can go to that button in the guide, the Supermom Survival Survival Guide. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's great. Now I'm just going to check in to see the chat. For some reason, I'm having difficulty linking stuff to the chat. But um, well, let's just—we're just, just going <laughs> to send out another email uh, with with those links working, everyone. Um, and whoever's on the call looks like no one has their hand up today, so we're good for that. So, Dr. Whitney, I was just wondering if there is there anything else like you know the you know you're kind of like. Ending tip for the day, you know, something that people can remember before we end the show, you know, what that would be? Hmm. I guess it would just really be ask for help and, yeah, right, just reach out and think about the people who have already offered, let them, let them help you. And then look mm-hmm. for those look for those people who are like minded of like who else is going through what you're going through, but who's got a positive spin on it, right? Because we can definitely get sucked into the the mentality or the victim mentality of you know I could still be depressed and living in a hole after Steve died. I have every right to do that. Um, yeah, but surrounding yourself with people who who have walked who have walked where you've where you are now, but are just in a more positive trajectory. <laughs> that would be uh, yeah, that's a good point. Because otherwise, we could just wallow and complain and be stuck. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, those, yeah. those widow Facebook groups were really helpful at the beginning, really helpful. And then they weren't anymore. I'm like, okay, well, I'm ready to move forward. Um, right. So, right. You're, you were yeah. in a different stage. You've gone through that grieving process, felt heard. And then now you're like, okay, now I'm going to use my creativity and, you know, create my new life. Right. And, gr- cool. and grieving never ends. We'll always be, the, I mean, it always hits me here and there and out of nowhere. I will mm-hmm. always love and miss Steve, and, and that's okay. That's okay, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing yeah. that. Well, Dr. Whitney, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for sharing, you know, what you've gone through and then how you've, you know, come out the other side and now to help um, others going through tragedy and also the Super Mom and Super Baby program. It's it's super, super exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, thank you. It's been awesome chatting with you. <laughs> My pleasure. We also want to thank everyone listening to the show, whether live or on the archive. Um, sending lots of love to everyone. Until next time, bye for now. Bye, Dr. Whitney. Bye.